Sports Syndicate. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Boston Sports Syndicate Fire the Muskets podcast. I'm Bill Travers. Joining me once again, James from James Camp Fame. How are you doing? I'm good. And once again, our Patriots senior writer for the uh, Boston Sports Syndicate website, Derek McVeigh. Derek, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Guys, uh, it's been about six weeks since we got together to do our first Fire the Muskets podcast. And back then, the Patriots were riding high, 8-0, uh, looking, uh, looking good for the number one seed in the conference. Since then, not so much. So our, our previous uh, incarnation of this podcast, uh, they used to do a thing called Since We Last Met. So I want to revisit that for this and take a look at uh, what the Patriots have done since, since we last met. met. So uh, they were 8-0 at the time. They were gearing up for what we all thought would be their first big test with the Ravens, and it turned out it was. They got their first loss, 37-20, to on a Sunday night. Then they had a bye. Uh, then a couple of games that were eh. Uh, one against the Eagles, 117-10. And then the Cowboys and a soaker at Gillette, 113-9. to And then the last two games... Dropped uh, another Sunday night game to the Texans, 28-22, uh, to 22, a score that was really not indicative of how close the game was. And then uh, we're recording this on Monday, so just yesterday, they lost at home to the Chiefs, 23-16. to 16. So 2-3 and three since we last met. Not great. Um, probably no shot at the number one seed. Uh, as we're sitting right now, uh, holding precariously on to the number two. So I'm going to kick it over to you guys. What has happened? Let's start with you, Derek. Um, I think it's the we're finally seeing the offense um, and just like what they they really are. You know, they they finally ran into some good defenses, uh, and they just haven't been able to figure it out yet. Whether it's uh, you know the offensive line they got healthy you know wind came back it hasn't seemed to make a difference um you know they haven't been able to get these young guys like harry and myers going um you know brady can't get on the same page with them they just can't get any type of uh, consistency or momentum or string anything together offensively and their defense hasn't been as dominant as it was and i mean i think it was unfair to expect them to be but they've still been good enough to win some of these games just their offense is letting them down James, how about you? What's your take? Completely agree with that. We thought once Wynn comes back, the run game would actually return. Run game still missing an action. And the defense, the other teams have found, like, itches. They are having still a hard time stopping the run. And you do play action. They're reading the run. And leave them wide open for the, the pass. So I I do remember that we did say two wins, two losses might be happening during that that big road, that big stretch of theirs. Did not anticipate three losses, but it it's it's 
they're not that dominant that we, we thought they were. Oh, you're talking about the defense. Talking primarily about yes. the defense or the team in yeah. general? Yeah, I think – think... Yeah, the the defense been a couple of you know obviously the Ravens uh, loss was was a really disappointment a real eye opener as far as that goes and the Houston loss I think um, yesterday I thought some glitches in the first half but in the second half I think they really showed up and they kept the Patriots in that game uh, any any chance of winning because uh, you know what was it twenty to three I believe going into the half and right. uh, they only yeah. allowed a field goal in the second half so. Um, I was ready to really bash them, but uh, they they really uh, shown in the second half. So, yeah. go ahead. So I think you got to be encouraged by what they did in the second half yesterday, and even uh, um, like Mahomes just kind of looked average. Uh, you know, he only threw one touchdown. Um, it was a it was a nice throw to to Hardman, and then Hardman kind of used his speed to get into the end zone. Their second touchdown came on one of those gadget plays where Kelsey took the direct snap. Um, but it's two weeks in a row where Brady has had pretty bad interception and is given short field. And, you know, those are two huge against Houston. It's a, it was a big touchdown that kind of swung the momentum in that game early. And same thing in this one against Kansas city, you know, they're thinking it was three, nothing at the time or, and, or no, it might've been seven, three new England at the time. And then Brady throws that pick Kansas city goes up 10, seven and just had a game had a different feel from there. Right. And that set the tone. One thing with the defense in the first half, um, they gave up a couple. I think they gave up a third and 19. They allowed a conversion. And they also they had a first and 25, which I think they ended up converting on second and 25, which is just something you cannot let happen against a yeah. team like Kansas City. No. You know, if you have an elite defense, those, those type of things shouldn't be happening. One thing I want to point out that I don't know if anyone has mentioned, and I meant to mention this in our last podcast, James, that, that we did for the regular syndicate, but the Patriots, uh, out of their last, four out of their last six opponents were actually coming off a bye or a mini-bye. Uh, that would be the Browns, um, the Eagles, the Ravens, and the Texans were also coming off a mini-bye. They had played the week before on a Thursday night. So they had a couple extra weeks. I'm not using that as an excuse, but I think, you know, given extra time to prepare, I think it is an advantage that a team would have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and sure. All right. Good Go talk. That is a valid point. <laughs> and I, I don't know if anybody else has been. No. But I, I'm having connection problems. So half your patients are in and out. But, um, Another valid point is if you've been watching majority of all the same defense, all teams are running the same type of defense. They're running like a 46 defense. So there's more tape on that this this year than any year. They're all either charging four, charging five, and having a few back. So... You're talking about what the Patriots are playing or what they're what they're facing? What what they're playing. What they're playing is beneficial for the other teams that are going against. I think we just lost Chicago. Nope. Oh, there he is. James, you keep locking up on us. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's acting up over here. 
right, uh, let's move on. Let's let's talk a little bit more about the offense. Um, let let's uh, let's cut up some blame pie here. Who who do you guys lay the blame on? Is it Brady? Is it McDaniel's? Is it the running back? The wide receivers? The offensive line? The lack of Gronk? All of the above? How do you split up the pie? Derek, let's start with you, seeing you're not having connection problems. <laughs> yeah, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Um, I think the biggest piece is just the lack of talent. And now, if you want to blame the wide receivers for that, that's fine. But, I mean, it's just you've got Edelman, who's clearly not healthy. Sanu, who's been with the team for about a month, and he's not healthy. Uh, you have two rookie, one two rookies, one drafted, one undrafted. The one who was drafted basically missed all of camp and the first eight or eight nine weeks of the season. Um, you've got Ben Watson who retired, unretired, then was suspended, and Matt Lacoste who was you know injured for the first half of the season. Um, so they've been battling injuries, but even when now that they're healthy, I just don't think they have the the horses. James? James I, I'm going to go with comes. all of the above. This, what? All right, we're having trouble connecting with James. Uh, what do you, uh, the, the Houston game, where Brady came off the sideline, flipped his helmet, and, and you could, you know, you could read his lips saying, I'm done. Is that the type of leadership we want to see from him? We can understand his frustration, but for him to show it in that manner and basically show up his teammates in front of a national television audience, that's that can't help the team. That right. cannot help. And, and Yeah, I think it's definitely a thing he probably wants to have back. Um, like when he was, uh, you know, when they caught him, like, trying to motivate them, whatever you want to call it, when he was, you know, we got to be faster, we got to be, we got to execute better, things like that. Stuff like that is fine to me. I mean, we've heard we've heard him say things like that all the time. Um, you know, the most famous example is against the, the Falcons in the Super Bowl, and they're down big, and he's telling the guys, look, we got to be faster, we got to be tougher, we got to be better. And so something like that is fine, but, yeah, to be, to have your, like, frustration get the best of you and say something to the effect of, like, I'm done or, like, um, yeah, it's just not a good look for a guy who's supposed to be the the goat. Yeah, and that was relatively early in the game too. I think that was in the first quarter or early second quarter when that happened. You know, I I think a lot of people, you know, it's not sexy to say it. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but I think it's the offensive line. It's just so patched together. Brady has no time to throw. Receivers cannot get open. I think Brady has been better this year than he was last year, but I still don't think he's anywhere near his top form. And I know nobody wants to hear it, but the guy's 42 years old. He's in a little bit of a decline. Can't carry the team on his back. And if you don't give him time to throw and the receivers can't get open, that's a bad combination. And that's what happened. And teams are realizing that. They're realizing that they can play man coverage on the receivers. They can pressure Brady, and he's he doesn't have anybody to throw to. So... But saying all that, you know, they always talk about the receivers and, and not getting the offense. And I, th- I guess the basic question is, why can't they dumb it down a little bit? Why does it have to be so complicated with these young receivers? Which it seems like other teams don't have that same problem with. But apparently the Patriots offense is just so complicated that they can't get it. Why don't they just dumb it down a little bit 
at least for some plays, you know, certain plays. I, I, do you have any insight on that, why that can't happen? Yeah, I say, I think it goes back to you talking about the blame pie. I think Josh McDaniels deserves a, a big portion of that too. Um, you know, if he's supposed to be this offensive wizard and great game planner, he should be able to scheme some plays to get some of these guys open and not rely on their talent to just beat man coverage. He should be able to to make it work. Um, and he's he hasn't had that great of a year. His like play calling has been questionable. Uh, some of their decisions, they get so predictable at times. Um, and it is, it's really, it seems a problem that's isolated to them where these young guys can't come in or it's, it's kind of a crapshoot. Some guys it works out for, some guys it doesn't. Um, other guys will, it doesn't work out here, but they go somewhere else and succeed. So I, I think McDaniels definitely deserves some of the, the blame for sure. I agree. James, you're still with us? We lost your picture. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I have to shut off the camera. Okay. Make it work. All right. Sorry. So, Derek, you wrote an article uh, for the Syndicate website last week on uh, what the Patriots have to do to get things going. So why don't we run through that? You had three things that uh, you thought that they had to do to get their offense going. Why don't you run down that? Yeah, three things, and I think they didn't do any of them yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was uh, they can't turn the ball over. Look, they just don't have the same explosiveness and potency that they've had in years past where they can overcome mistakes. Um, I mean, they have to play near perfect, and for them that's not turning the ball over and putting their defense in a tough spot, which they did yesterday. They did against Houston. They did against Baltimore, uh, turned it over and, you know, led to a touchdown. Um, And then on the flip side, when they get short fields, uh, they have to take advantage of turnovers. So, like, yesterday they're up 7-0. J.C. Jackson intercepts a pass, sets them up at Kansas City's 40 or 41-yard line. They ran three plays and lost a yard. That, That stuff can't happen. You have to take advantage of things like that. Um, they have to, and in, in, in addition to limiting uh, turnovers, limiting s- stupid penalties that are drive killers, they don't have the the ability to overcome holding calls that set them back, you know, 10 or 15 yards and get into situations where it's second and 20 or first and 25. They just don't have the, the ability to overcome those plays and make up for that lost yardage. And then lastly, which is I think the biggest thing, is converting in the red zone. They, this has been one of the worst red zone teams I've seen in a long time for the Patriots. And they had the same struggles again yesterday. They got down there a couple times, one at the end of the game uh, where they couldn't punch it in, and one where they, they did punch it in on the Harry touchdown, which was a missed call. Um, but then they had a couple other plays after that where they couldn't punch it in. They've had issues turning red zone opportunities into seven. And when you're not getting down there as often as – they have in the past you can't afford to you know be leaving points on the board yeah i'm glad you brought up the harry call because I, I did want to talk a little bit about the officiating and i'm not one to blame officials for a game i mean we certainly didn't want to hear dallas cry about it when they were getting the tripping penalties in that game you know it's part of the game you have to be able to overcome that and as you said you know they're not able to punch it in the red zone they can't overcome stupid penalties the, the call was the same thing. They still had the ball at the four-yard line. They had, a, I believe it was a first down, yep. uh, but they couldn't overcome it. And what got them into that situation was some bad situational football prior to that, which had them out of challenges because it would have clearly been overturned on the challenge. Yep. 
Yeah. Go ahead, James. Yep. Am I there? Yeah. I, it, w- it was a bad call that should have been called. What typically happens, it, it was should have been called a touchdown and then got reviewed. Because all touchdowns get reviewed. Right. Yeah, so they err the other... on the side of caution knowing that that's going to get reviewed. It yeah. was the same thing with the fumble, which yeah. watching it in, in live speed, it looked like you know Kelsey was down by contact and the ball came out when he hit the ground. Even on the first couple of replays, it looked it looked like he was down by contact. It was only when they slowed it down that you could see that that's that the ball came out prior to him hitting the ground. Yeah. But they had blown it dead at that point, and I don't think whoever recovered the fumble, I don't think he would have scored because there was a couple of Chiefs behind him that I think would have caught up to him, but you would have been set up deep in Chiefs territory right. and probably yes. could have gotten a field goal out of it. But again, in the past, they've been able to overcome those kind of things. This team cannot. No. And Brady, for some reason, can't read Blitz anymore. Well, I think he can read it. He just has nowhere to go. And he's mm-hmm. never been mobile. No. And anytime I see him moving out of the pocket and starting to scramble, you know something bad is coming. <laughs> I, I, I cringe just a little bit every time. Yeah. He's, he's not the type that can improvise. Re- never really was, but... It's it's yep. only gotten worse. Not at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, going back to the officials, um, it, it's different when you know you brought up Dallas, and obviously, like I think bad calls in terms of penalties are certainly part of the game. But when you're taking points off the board, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. And like there, that fumble play specifically, I remember watching. I think it might have been the Saints game earlier in the season um, where they had a similar call where the saints got hosed, go figure. Uh, and I remember they have, you know, like the head of officials or some representative that kind of is part of the broadcast saying that these refs are instructed for those types of situations to just let it play out. And then knowing that all turnovers are reviewable. Um, so, I mean, if these guys are instructed to, to do one thing and they're doing the opposite, that's just, that's where it gets frustrating. And like you said, it's not it's not the reason they lost the game. At the very least, it probably robbed us of overtime because if that Harry calls a touchdown, then they're down by a field goal. You know, at the end of the game, they can set up for a game tying field goal instead of going for it on fourth down. Now, I mean, I'm not convinced Nick Folk would have hit it anyway. So, I mean, who knows no. what would have happened? Poor guy just had an epidectomy a week and a half ago. I know. <laughs> And even if they get it to overtime, there's no guarantee they win there. Uh, but it's just, at the very least, they should have been some, some more football played. You know, one one other situation that happened in yesterday's game, which really, I mean, it, it, it may not have seemed like much, but it just seemed to me so anti-Patriot, was at the end of the second half. Um, the Chiefs kicked a field goal uh, with just a little under a minute left. The Patriots got the ball back up around midfield. They had a decent uh, return on the kickoff. Then there was an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the Chiefs or that um, or unnecessary roughness. Patriots ended up with a ball, I believe, up around the 50. Um, then they had a, a short, complete pass. But they still had two timeouts left. And basically they just let the clock run out. I, I, don't, I can't ever remember seeing a Patriot team do that. Two timeouts. Yeah ball at midfield, and you just let the clock run out. Totally unpatriot-like football. Yeah, and then they got booed off the field for it. 
Yeah, were you one of the ones booing? Uh, see, I, I tend to refrain from booing, but I mean, <laughs> I don't blame anyone for doing it. I mean, I think that just speaks volumes as to where their offense is right now. They, they'd much rather just, they just took it into the half as opposed to trying, you know, trying for something and whatever, turning the ball over or not going anywhere and risking giving Kansas City the ball back. I think it just speaks volumes to how they feel about their offense right now. James, anything you want to add? No, completely agree. I I think it was more of a safety blanket than do anything because if they would have literally coughed it up, fumble or interception for a throw, those boos would have been 18 times louder. Like, it <laughs> It, yeah, but, it but was, since when are they afraid of making mistakes like that and letting the other team score? Since the team is not the same team as we they used to be. Yeah, I, I just think that's that's a bad sign moving forward. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so uh, one other thing, actually, uh, we're you know we're known at the syndicate for uh, dropping a podcast and then major news breaks, but actually today major news broke. Before we record it, so we can actually talk about it. And that is, gentlemen, do we have another Spygate scandal on our hands? Oh, man. I'll, I'll <laughs> say, who knows? I like, no, I just, you, no. I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, based on no. all the reports that are coming out, I don't think so. But it's like, if if they did do something, you know, that's I, not I think high. the leak already reported there's no wrongdoing in it. As the Patriots already gave them all of their videotape. So it's just has the league reported on that. I didn't hear anything about that. I knew Adam Scheffler or Ian reported it on their Twitter like 20 minutes before we went, went on like the league has been reviewing the tape and, and they interviewed um, the PR person from Cleveland. So in case anybody hasn't heard uh, what happened is the Patriots were accused of once again, videotaping the, the their opponents' signals. Uh, in this case, it was the Bengals when they played the Browns. Was it just this past week? This past yeah, weekend? Yeah, Sunday. Yep. It was yesterday. Um, and allegedly, the Patriots were doing a uh, video for Kraft Productions, which is the same excuse they used when they were caught filming the Jets. Uh, but they were they were doing a, a piece on one of their scouts who just happened to be sitting in the stands right behind the Kansas City sideline. So, and and I guess the recording actually came, they were up in the press box in Cleveland, and they had the Browns' permission to do it. So right. maybe there isn't anything there, but with their track record, I just see this This is not going to go over well in the court of public opinion. No, and not at the, all. The, you know, they have the reputation already, and this, this is what, like Spygate 3 at this point? <laughs> uh, add that to Deflategate and... Robert Kraft's woes, and it's just it's just another black eye uh, in the in the public perception of the Patriots. Yeah, and there's just you know I'm sure more information will come out, and but it's just like so many things ran through my head when I first read that. I was like, one, first it's like the Bengals of all the teams you're gonna risk you know your reputation on and like getting uh, like fined or sus- suspensions, losing picks, whatever. You're gonna waste it on a the, probably the worst team in the NFL. What are they? One in nine? One in ten? Uh, one in. One in eleven? Yeah. One in however many other games they've played. <laughs> yeah. I actually got the tweet. Oh. Um, 
This is what Adam Sheffer said. Patriots advanced Scott was not was not filming, but being filmed, per league source. He was being filmed for a feature the team produced called Do Your Job. The video crew was credentialed by the Browns to shoot the video in the press box, and the PR person was aware, per the source. So they were so. exonerated then. Then, Total exoneration, we, to quote our president. Total exoneration. Yeah. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah, right. Yeah. But but like the, like most news, I can see this getting spun in a million different ways. For sure. Oh, yeah, we'll have hearings and everything. Yep. I mean, if they did do it, how stupid can you be? Not just the Bengals. Right. I mean, they're already on double secret probation when it comes to that kind of thing. If one If something else like this were to come down and they were found guilty of doing it, Belichick's probably gone for at least a year. Right. That's my first thought. Is like, there's no way Belichick would risk his career for something like that. Like, I just can't see him being that stupid and like, or that arrogant about it. So I just, I think this is just much ado about nothing. But because it's the Patriots and they have a, a history, it's obviously a big story. Using that, uh, same magnifying glass, Mike Hughes. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient that it comes out the day after the the story in the league is that the officials were again awful in one of the the marquee games in the NFL. Yeah. So do you think it was it came out to try to take some of the attention away from the refs? Think it was planned that way? I mean, I wouldn't put anything past the NFL. Just like they're they're so shady with some of the stuff they do. Um, but hey, you know maybe this will be something that uh will piss the Patriots off. Maybe they did it on purpose to, to rally their team, and now they're going to go on and win another Super Bowl. Maybe this will be the turning point. Let's hope so. Let's hope something <laughs> gets this team going. Honestly. Well, maybe maybe the schedule will do that. They've got the Bengals coming up uh, next week. Um, follow that with a what could be a big game against Buffalo. And when was the last time we said something like that? Right. Um. They have a two-game lead over Buffalo for the division, I think, or, or just one. What is Buffalo's record now? I should know this. I apologize. So it, hold on. It's I'm one game. Out. They're one game ahead of them, but they have the tiebreaker. So in order for Buffalo to catch New England, they'd have to beat them, and then the Patriots would have to lose to either Miami or Cincinnati. But if Buffalo beats them, then that would they would be even head-to-head. -head. Where would it uh, – where's the tiebreaker after that? Tiebreaker, I believe it's divisional record, and the Bills lost to the Jets earlier in the year, so I think that – would uh, give the Patriots the advantage, so they'd have to actually pass the Patriots in order to. They can't finish tied with them. But even if they, if they did lose to Buffalo, they still won the division. If they have another loss, then they're probably not going to get a bye in the first round. Right, right. Kansas City's probably going to catch them. And then that means even even with a, what could be an easy game in the first round, now you're traveling, for the divisional round. Right. Which is something they haven't done in what, a decade. Yeah. Maybe even longer. Yeah. No bueno. <laughs> and then they finish off with the Dolphins, which hopefully won't mean anything. You hate to have yeah. to go into a game like that, especially against a a team with nothing to lose. Right. And that's just the Patriots have guys that Edelman is clearly not 100%. If they have any chance of getting him any sort of rest to get him right or as right as he can be for, you know, the the games in January. That's obviously huge. I think another guy that could if there's any 
hope, like sliver of hope, it's the health of Mohamed Sanu. If he can, if they can get that ankle healthy, it's clearly what's bothering him. I was looking at his uh, his snap counts today since he joined the Patriots. So his first game was with Cleveland uh, against Cleveland. Um, so you know he came in that week, uh, didn't play too much. Uh, he had 37 snaps. It's about half half of the snaps of the game, which makes sense. You know, short week, not a lot of time to prepare. The following week against Baltimore, he played every single snap. So all 67 offensive snaps, he was out there. And he had 10 catches, you know, 82 yards. And I remember thinking, I was like, all right, well, maybe they've got something with Sanu. Uh, you know, it looked like Brady and him were on the same page. Then against Philly, he gets hurt. And since then, he played 19 snaps against uh, – or 41 snaps against Dallas, 19 against Houston. And then yesterday, he, paid, he played 39 against Kansas City, which was – so it's, he's been playing like half the snaps or less since that Philly game when he got hurt. So I think that's a huge, um, a huge thing to to keep an eye on. If he can get healthy and he's out there for more snaps, maybe that helps this offense a little bit. Yeah, agreed. And another one I think that hopefully can get healthy is Lacoste. Mm. You know, he's he's yeah. shown some good signs, uh, but obviously not enough to take any of the pressure off. Right. All right. So it's prediction time, guys. What what do uh, how do we think they're going to end up these last three games and their overall record and their seeding? James, why don't we start with you? Win win win, number two. <laughs> Typical Pats fan. How about you, Derek? <laughs> yeah, I think um, if they were going to Buffalo in Week 16, I'd feel a lot different. Uh, I know they just lost at home yesterday, but it's just it's hard to not it's hard to pick against this team at home just given their track record. Uh, and Buffalo, obviously, their defense is great. But I just I think their offense is still trying to figure it out, um, and I don't know if they have I don't know if their offense has enough to come in here and beat New England. So I think they'll run the table, finish as the two seed, and enjoy another bye on Wild Card Weekend. And last time I checked, uh, Josh Allen was still Buffalo's quarterback. Yep. Yep. All right, I'll go along with that. Running the tables, twelve and three, end up with the number two seed which means you'll likely have to go to Baltimore unless you get some luck in the divisional game. Yeah. Um, but it would either be Houston or Kansas City. And I, I think Kansas City will want to beat Baltimore. Either Houston or Kansas City would play Baltimore in the yeah. divisional round, assuming they get through wildcard weekend. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think the way it shakes out right now, I think – I think yesterday was a preview of the divisional round. So I think the Chiefs will finish at three, um, and then they'll they'll come here. And I'm not – I'll tell you, Houston, if they're the four seed and Buffalo goes into Houston, I would not be surprised to see Buffalo knock off Houston a wild card weekend. I think yesterday was a perfect example of this, the, the what that Houston team is. They got up for the Patriots game, and then they laid a complete egg against a bad Denver team at home. Yeah, that was a prime example of an opposite uh, trap game. Right. You had, you had your big game, and then you just totally, totally tanked. Yeah, the Patriots like hangover. It's a real thing. <laughs> so they've already had their Super Bowl, just like Jacksonville did last year in Week 2. Yep. They beat their Patriots. Ten- that was their Super Bowl. See you next year. Tennessee did it in the middle of the season, too. They rolled New England at home, and then they tanked the rest of the year and missed the playoffs. It's a real thing. 
it happens. These teams get up to beat the Patriots, and then they forget that they have to play, you know, six more games. Yeah, which only, you know, solidifies what the Patriots have done just year after year, big game after big game, and shrug it off and, and keep coming back for more. All right. Well, let's hope they stay resilient over these final few weeks. They're going to learn a lot. Of, I mean, they're not playing great competition, but we're going to learn, we'll hopefully learn a little bit about them, just their their mindset and their resilience. Is it similar to where they were at this point last year? Lost back-to-back December games. They were 9-5, and five, headed to the final two weeks of the season and not playing great competition to play Buffalo and the Jets at home. You know, they won those two games, but no one really felt good about them as they went into the playoffs. And then they turned it up a notch and rolled the Chargers, went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs and, and beat the Rams. So it's hard not – after last year, it's hard not to give this team a, a chance. I know that sounds good, but with this offensive line, I, no. I just I just can't see them turning it around. Yeah. I mean, last year they relied on going to the running game and just pounding it out, and that opened things up for the passing game. I can't see that happening this year. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I hope they prove me wrong, but whichever we way. We said the same thing about the defense, and then defense. That's true. That's true. And they rode the defense as well. But uh, this offensive line being so banged up, and now you're onto your third center. Not a good recipe. Nope. But if anybody can do it, it's the Patriots. Yep. It's that part of Belichick and the hood. So you guys have uh, anything else you want to talk about or any closing thoughts before we wrap things up? I think uh, I just got two quick things. One is, should we be more mad at Gronk for the way he strung the Patriots along this offseason? And, you know, they didn't really give them an opportunity to go out and get someone because they weren't sure if he was going to come back or not. Like, is that is that a fair thing to be upset at? Do you really think the Patriots were waiting? Or do you th- just think it was us Patriots fans were hoping he'd come back? Because when you saw him, he did not look like he was in any shape to go back and play, at least play tight end in the NFL. Right. So I think we but all like, we all could see that it it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I mean I know they you know they went after Jared Cook a little later in the off season. Um, you know he eventually went to the Saints. Um, I was just I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, was did the Patriots actually know what was going to happen, or are they expecting maybe he'd come back, or he'd like sit out camp and just be ready for the season? Um, and were they actually? You know, taken by surprise when he retired. I don't know. It's just a thought. I I just think Belichick, when he did his try on Antonio Brown and then had Josh Gordon and they weren't really successes, that he said, you know what, I'm just gonna do it with this team, see what happens. That's I what think, I honestly thought. I think Belichick's the quintessential. You know, we we play with what we have here. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's he would hold out. But you d- you did bring up a good point with the Antonio Brown because there are some rumors that Des Bryant could be coming in. Hmm. I've said that since I don't know when. <laughs> yeah, but James, you always have good rumors like that. But when I when I hear, <laughs> I think it was um, Deion Sanders was the one who said, yeah, a big name they... wide receiver could be coming to the Patriots. And at first, everybody thought it was Antonio Brown coming back. But now the talk is it's Des Bryant. Pass. Hard pass. Not a fan? 
two two years. At least two years. Back last year with the Saints, and was he, I think it was his Achilles that he blew out in practice, and yeah, hasn't played since 2017. And he in 2017 he had a, a bad season in Dallas. Yeah, I'm all set. <laughs> we were just expecting to pick up the the Patriots offense in a month. Sure. Everybody else yeah. is able to do it. Yeah, exactly, right? It's the easiest offense to pick yeah. up. You go through a whole training camp, and then they still struggle. <laughs> what was your other uh, thought, Derek? You said you had two. Yeah, um, the only thing is with the running game, I'd just like to see them commit to someone. Like, they start these games at Sony Michelle. It's so predictable. They, they run the ball twice because he is – they are no, like, interest in using him in the passing game. So it's, it's clearly – it's going to be a run. Uh, it doesn't work. I'd much rather see them go to either Burkhead or White to start the game because at least there's the threat of the the run and pass. We've seen them run more with White recently. Um, Burkhead's been used as a receiver. I'd rather see them use those guys early and then maybe later in the second half, maybe bring in Michelle as like a change of pace guy who's really going to run hard as defenses maybe start to wear down, maybe change up their rotation a bit. Um I just I didn't know how else they can get the running game going, so maybe just changing up the rotation and strategy a bit might help. Do you think James is big enough to take the pounding though? Not not James on our podcast, James. Uh, <laughs> James James White. Do you think he's he's nah, big he, enough to to be an every down back and and take that kind of pounding? Yeah, I mean not. I mean maybe like 10, 10 carries at ten to twelve carries, but yeah, he's not a you know eighteen to twenty carry per game. Um, but I mean, if you can get him 10, 10 to 11 carries that at least when he's out there, people have to respect it. And it's not just, Oh, James White's in, it's going to be a pass. Yeah. Just, just give them the question mark of what's happening here. Are they going to pass or the screen? Are they drawing that, that I agree with Derek on that, that at least opens up, opens up the play call a little bit more. Cause you can go for a draw and then, White runs it for five yards. Yeah, he busted a couple yesterday. I think he had a, a a couple of decent runs yesterday. Took him off guard, but then again, they went away from it. Right. Yeah. And how bad must Damian Harris be if if he's get if the running backs are this bad and and he's inactive for right. these games? He can't get on the field. He, I don't know. He must have said something about Belichick or something. I don't know. There's got to be something there. How high of a he's pick a was he? Was he a pick? third round pick? I believe so. Yeah, so yeah. they spend a third-round pick on a guy that can't even get on the field. Right. When when you're thin at a position, does not bode well. Yeah, you've got your first-round pick who has who can't get on the field either, your receiver, and then your second-round pick, defensive back who's been inactive for pretty much the whole season too. Yeah, what did Harry play yesterday? Two snaps, I think. Yeah, and he got hurt on one of them. The second yeah. one, he hurt his hip. Oh, is that why he didn't go back in? Yeah, Was that on the uh, what should have been a touchdown? Yeah, I, I assume so, because he didn't come in after that, and I saw him running into the locker room um, shortly after that. So it must have when he landed. He said he hurt his hip. So oh. It must have been when he landed. I must have missed that on the telecast. Which was a nice play. I'll give him credit. I mean, that was a nice run and great effort to get in the end zone. Yes. No, it was. And they certainly needed it at that point. So, But as Bill says, it is what it is. <laughs> James, any uh, final thoughts? That really is just going to be, as always, a fun, heart attack-driven final weeks of the season. And then the playoffs. And I think that's probably when we'll convene again, right before the playoffs start. Um, yep. 
Uh, just to uh, update everybody on our schedule, you know, now that we've gone to the um, team-specific podcast, which we're still looking for a Celtics host, if anybody's interested. Uh, but uh, Message us on Twitter. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> hope to have a Poke the Bear podcast coming out either later this week or early next week, and we're also looking to do our Red Sox podcast to be named later. Uh, the Red Sox are currently... Uh, involved with the winter meetings out in San Diego, so hopefully there's some deals uh, or transactions or trades or free agent signings that happen next week, and uh, we'll come back to talk about it. Then we're going to take the holidays off, and uh, we're going to come back hard right after the first of the year. So uh, if you are want to check us out, our website is bostonsportssyndicate.com. Uh, Derek... Uh, has articles on the Patriots, some excellent articles weekly coming out. We also have articles on fantasy football. James, you still going to do your uh, college football rankings now that the playoff yep, picture is set? Yep, the final rankings will be coming out either. Um, I'll be giving you the final rankings later <laughs> today or tomorrow, and they'll be coming out later in the week. It'll be my final rankings. Then I'll do another ranking after where I rank everybody 1 through 10. Once the, uh, once the playoffs are done? Yeah. Um, and, and once again, we're going to do articles on all four of the uh, teams participating in the playoffs. Yep. At least that's the plan right now. That, so, that is the plan. i got to do – got to figure more out about that. I do have to – one little quick housekeeping. On sure. our website, I actually used it this week. Um, if our listeners are looking to get team sports memorabilia through Fanatics and you want to support us, click on the Fanatics links on our website. That supports us and it keeps us doing what we're doing while you can also shop through Fanatics. That's quick housekeeping. Yeah, actually, James, I had this. You read my mind. Uh, it's not just fanatics. It's uh, any of the uh, any of the ads that are actually within the body of the story, because there are some that are at the top of the page or off to the side as you look at it. But if there's an article, if there's a ad in the body of the story, and it could be for fanatics, the NFL shop, NHL, NBA, MLB, um, if you click on that and you go in and make a purchase, we actually get a small percentage of that, which helps us defray the cost. For our, our website and podcast, and we'd appreciate if you could do that. If, as James said, you're looking to buy some sports merchandise for the people on your holiday shopping list. See, great minds think alike. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so check out our website, bostonsportssyndicate.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Boston Sports Sin, or on Facebook and Instagram at Boston Sports Syndicate. And remember, if you are going to a sporting event or a concert, uh, I, somebody we all know well went to the Boston Pops yesterday. So you could uh, get tickets for that or uh, anything else. Uh, go to SeatGeek and use the code BSS, and you'll get $20 off. So, guys, uh, thank you for joining me. Thanks for Thanks coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you later. Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate provided by 
i am c d m and j kelly.